<clears throat> if you look to my right, you'll see a plant. Now, I picked up this plant uh, from Bill and his family after Nelda passed. Uh, it was left here, and so I put it in my office, and I finally decided to call Bill and say, Bill, I've been taking care of a plant here. Uh, if you ever want to pick it up and take it, you could take it. He says, oh, this is not a, this is a paraphrase, Bill. Oh, um, oh, you can go ahead and keep taking care of it if you want to. Now, you may look at that plant and realize that it might have not been left in the best hands, Bill. Uh, usually, when I see it wrinkle and start to dry, I start to water it. That usually it's sign to me that uh, it's thirsty. Now, there are many reasons why a plant or a tree might survive or die. It could be the soil. If it's a poor soil, well, you just know what's going to happen. If it's a good, rich soil with nutrients, that's, that's not a bad thing. It could be the water. It could be sunshine. It could be the environment. You see, it can also be the root system, and I won't take it out to show you the roots. It's kind of messy. Uh, but a healthy root system is also needed, not just to help the nutrients come into the plant, but also to anchor it into the soil. The lesson is called roots. The first point is trusting roots. Children look to parents to provide a healthy environment. Now, when they're wee little babies, they don't really know what a healthy environment is other than if I'm crying and I get food or cleaned up, I'm in a good place. They need that healthy environment, not just physically, but also spiritually. Wind and drought and flood happens in our lives that come our way symbolically or otherwise. And children trust parents to do what is right. They have no other choice, so their whole little lives are into the, the parents' hands. Now, as you may know, broken homes destroy the concept of trust. And those kids that grow up in broken homes, they grow up as adults who only understand lack of trust. Now, godly parents struggle in their stewardship. It's, it's a lot of work to be a godly parent because we're not only taking care of the physical, but we're also taking care of the spiritual. But for a godly parent, what is their main component? Or what is the main component? It's God. As Justin rightly brought out, whose battle is it? It's God's. Well, whose responsibility will take care of our kids? It's God's, but who does he use to do that? Us. Us. With God, consider the feed and consider the anchoring. Feed is healthy teaching of the word led by the parents, led by the congregation, led by people who are involved in the kid's life as they learn. Anchoring comes when the roots are established in God. 
So as I read earlier, trust in the Lord. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 6 says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness and in an uninhabited salt land. You might know the name Paul Hogan. If you don't, you might know Crocodile Dundee. All right. Have you ever seen that? Paul Hogan is the character that was Crocodile Dundee. He was a, he's a very fit man. He always has been, even in some of his older war movies prior to that. He loved swimming. He was a boxer. He was always very fit and strong. And you see that in the movie Crocodile Dundee, especially when he pulls out that knife and says, that's not a knife. This is a knife. I see some of you are movie buffs. That's good. Now, he's in an interview. I don't know when the interview was done. I'm assuming it's recent. He's 80 years old now. He had a physical ailment that pushed, had a mass that pushed on his liver, if I understood it right. And the treatment uh, caused the shrinkage of this mass to pull it off the liver. But he said, it also seemed to shrink all the fat that's in me. He says, I, I'm a skinny man now. He still has that Australian accent and that, that way that they have, ah, oh, that's the way it goes or something like that. He said, last year when I was 79, I was as strong as a lot of 40-year-olds. I could pull stuff, push stuff, do this, do that, and then suddenly, I'm just a skinny guy and I can eat as much fat as I can, but I can't put on any weight. So all his friends who are upset at him because they can't eat what he can, but so he goes on, he still has his humor. Now, though he didn't talk about the spiritual, at least in the clip that I saw, his body debilitated drastically. I think that's kind of the idea that Jeremiah is bringing out here. For the man who trusts only in man, this is our reality. We're going to fall to corruption one way or the other. But those who trust in God and whose roots are in him, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious about the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Trusting roots. The second point is bitter roots. Now, bitter roots might be good on certain dishes. Uh, for those of you of culinary abilities, you know how to add your flavors and this, that, and the other, and that's good. But for a follower of God, bitter root is, is not a compliment. It's not a compliment at all. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verses 18 and 19. 
Beware lest there be among you a man or a woman or clan or tribe whose heart is turning away from the Lord. You see the process? It has begun and it's in process. Turning away from the Lord. Our God to go and serve the gods of those nations. Beware lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. One who, when he hears the word of the sworn covenant, blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall be safe, though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart. This will lead to the sweeping away of moist and dry alike. Now, the Hebrew writer kind of says it a little differently. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 15 and 16, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. That no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. The the words in there, fails to obtain actually implies that they have previously attained it. The words in there springs up give the idea that it has this poisonous fruit has grown up enough to reveal its true character. It's always been in the process. You see, the point is the heart of the believer is important. The heart of the believer is important. Ezekiel 17 brings up a really fascinating story in parable form about Israel. It was during the time when Israel was to be sent to Babylon, that is Judah and Benjamin, for their punishment. One of the things that the king of Judah did during this time was he reached out to Egypt. So the story goes like this. There are two great eagles and one vine. The first great eagle seemed to be involved in picking up the seedlings of things that, and moving it to where this vine is now lush, building up, growing, fantastic. The first eagle is Babylon, the vine that he picked up and planted is Judah, who's being planted where God wants them to be. And if they remain there, they will do just fine. But the branches of the vine reach out towards another eagle to get nourishment. And the vine, and that other eagle is Egypt. So the vine dries and withers and does not grow because it sought an eagle that was not the one that God wanted them to have. For all intents and purposes, Israel became a bitter vine, easily pulled, because they did not seek proper nourishment of the Lord, therefore becoming bitter. Thank God that we have Jesus Christ. 
Thank God that we have examples of godly parents whom we can trust. Thank God that even though our parents are not perfect, that they, re, they can say, sorry, I blew it. We can trust them a little bit more because of their honesty. But with God, through Jesus, the perfect example, he never has to apologize because he is faithful. He knows what to do. You see, Christ's roots were established a long time ago, even before the world began. He is God, is he not? Through the family of David, he will come from these roots. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 2. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. A branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. This is Jesus. Acts chapter 13, 22 through 23. This is Jesus. And when he was removed, and when he had removed him, that is Saul, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a savior. Jesus, as he promised. Yet there is a difference between King David and Jesus, isn't it? Isn't there? Jesus di David died and saw corruption. Jesus did not. Acts 13, 36-38. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. You see, our roots, unlike my not-so-great example over there, our roots that are in Jesus will never see corruption. They will never be defiled. They will always have the right root system, the soil, the water, the health, the spiritual environment that God provides. He is God. And everything that springs from Him will be nourished likewise. We will be flowers. We will be the greatest color of plant. We will do what we are supposed to do if We are connected to the root, Jesus Christ. So if you want healthy roots for yourself, seek Jesus. If you want them for your family, seek Jesus. It has been said that the root doesn't fall far from the tree. You know, we often say that about Justin. Did I say root? I meant fruit. The fruit does not fall far from the tree. I'm kidding, guys. I'm seeing you got good humor. The same with all of us. 
Usually, of course, this is in reference to children and their parents. In a similar way, Christ's root does not fall far from his tree either. Root, uh, fruit. Christ's fruit does not fall far from his tree either. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says this. But I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Our fruit is nourished by Christ Jesus himself. Verses 22 through 24. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such, there is no... What? Law. Or penalty thereof. There are many reasons why a tree might die or survive. But there is no reason that one who is connected to the root system of Jesus Christ will ever die. You will never spiritually die. Amen. So the lesson is called roots. Are you a trusting root? As children are with their parents? Are you a bitter root? Repent from that and change. Most importantly, are you Christ's root? Or connected to Christ's root? Who takes care of our imperfections? And makes us a beautiful, beautiful, godly plant. If there's anyone here today who has any concerns, any prayer requests or otherwise, please come forward now as together we stand and sing.